0: So as an intuitive and an empath, um, mm-hmm. could you share with our audience what you're feeling when you're walking maybe in the streets of Pittsburgh, in a mall, in a store?
1: Yeah, it's, it's difficult. Um, it kind of reminds me of being a teenager, I have to be honest with you, because when I was a teenager growing up, feeling other teenagers' emotions and, and kind of turmoils and stuff, I just kind of had to shut it down. And um, I don't do that now. I did that then as a child because it was just the most easy mechanism I could. Um, What I try to do is I try to um, pay attention to who I'm connecting in with and what I'm connecting in with. And if I feel um, like I protect my own energy and I protect myself in spaces, but if I feel that I could actually interact with a person and change and shift them just by looking and it's hard now to smile because a lot of us, were still wearing masks and stuff places, but you can smile with your eyes. And so I try to kind of raise the, the frequency of people's vibration because a lot of times we're all just so in our head that we're, and we're having that inner dialogue that we're kind of, and I see this a lot with people. They're kind of in their own little private universe, having this own little conversation with themselves. And suddenly when you connect with another person, it's like, hello, remember you're, you're a of the planet <laughs> and there are other people here that want to connect with you. And I think just even doing that with people um is helpful. Um I always connect in I you know on the la- on the last time that we spoke I, I did give you the exercise of what I do to clear my energy field. And it's a breathing technique and you know I've got the painting of the tree behind me yes. and trees or something that really resonate with me. So I just, you know, imagine I'm a tree, do my breathing exercise and, and I like release a lot of that stuck energy that, that I do, you know, absorb from other people in the world. That's the best thing for me.
0: So if you were doing an instructional video, could you go through step-by-step, uh, the technique that you use?
1: Yeah, that's the one that I use the most. I have to be honest with you because it's so, um, it's so user friendly. It's so available and it's something that you can do anywhere you are. You can be in the middle of an argument and, and use this. So the tree behind me is like kind of my, oh, this way it's my visual aid. So I imagine that I'm a tree and I always make sure that I have my, my feet on, you know, my legs uncrossed, my arms uncrossed. Cause when you do this, it, 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 clo- it not only makes you non verbally feel like stand back, um, but it, it actually closes your energy field and, 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 and stops the flow. So try not to cross any parts of your body. And then what I do is I imagine that my feet are connected to the earth in a way that I can, I, am, I use my imagination and I imagine that I have these tiny little roots that are starting to grow from the bottoms and the soles of my feet that go down through the ground, that go down into the earth. And I really, really anchor myself. And when I feel anchored, it's almost like I can't lift my feet and you'll feel this real, almost like your, your legs and your feet feel very heavy and it's hard to lift them. And that's literally called grounding yourself. It's what a lot of people will tell you to do when you're feeling out of sorts, when you're feeling a lot of anxiety. So then I would ground myself. And then as I'm connected to the center of the earth like that, I start to, 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 to think about breathing in. and when when you think about breathing in, you're gonna exhale. And a lot of times they'll tell you to count to a certain number. I don't like to to do that because I'm using a part of my mind that I don't want to. So I like to breathe in and I imagine that the bot, my legs and the center part of my tree or the center part of my body are my tree or the trunk of my tree. So as I'm allowing those roots to connect into the center of the earth, I'm sucking in earth energy, whether you want to imagine it's water, whether you want to imagine it's energy, whatever you want. And then as I inhale, it's like I have this huge straw that's in, In the trunk of that tree and I bring that and I inhale all the way up to what they call the crown chakra and if I were a tree it would be the very tippy tippy top of the branches to the very last leaf and so you want to bring that breath all the way up to it I like to hold it for a split second and then I just I exhale through the mouth and I just imagine all that energy kind of flowing back down into earth the energy that that i don't really want to hold on to anymore the the energy that makes me feel like a you know a little bit anxiety or like a can't focus or angry or any of that stuff so when you exhale you're just giving it back to mother earth and she takes that energy recycles it and then you can draw on that again so i just i feel that you know many things we're all connected um and i and this is how i feel uh, what, what works for me? I look at nature and I look at how nature cleanses itself, and and I just feel that that's how I, you know, that's how I, that's how I deal in these times. That's what helps me get through the day. That's what helps me disconnect to things that I feel weigh me down.
0: So, the mantra in a lot of yoga studios is "Om um, So Hum," which comes from the Sanskrit, which uh, the Hindus use, and means "I am that." Uh, connection with everything we're all the same energy with the stones birds trees dirt us we're all made up of of energy uh Mm -hmm. tell me what you think uh got the human race so disconnected from that collective spirituality of uh i'm going to use this word it's ridiculous primitive people
1: yeah I I just think that it's about what we in society started to value. And I think that as we started to evolve, we understood, wow, we're pretty smart. We're figuring stuff out. I'm going to put a lot more, um," like, I think when we stopped being, you know, more nomadic people and we started to, to actually have settlements and, you know, start to farm and start to actually stay in one place, we started to lose, it wasn't because we, we weren't, it wasn't important, but it was like we didn't need it as a tool as much anymore. I think when we were more hunters, gatherers, we needed to rely on our intuition and, and our, our empathy to feel energy around us. To Because, you know, we couldn't see what was around that mountain. We couldn't see what was around that cliff. So we had to kind of sense it and feel it. And all of our senses were heightened. I think, you know, we, we were using our hearing, our smelling, our seeing. And then also that kind of sixth sense where you're, you're feeling energy. Um, and so for me, that's, I think we got away from, from that as a society and as a collective when it really wasn't necessary and part of our survival anymore. So it kind of got like dampened or lessened to some degree. But I, I strongly believe that there were some of us like myself that we're, we're, we 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 kind of like show up on this planet dialed up. We're, we're kind of like ready in survival mode. Again, we can feel and sense and see and have that understanding of kind of the subtle energies, I'll call it. And so that's my, that's my two cents. I like that.
0: <laughs> uh, I like that dialed up mm-hmm. uh, phrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often now keep in mind that I'm a behavioral health therapist. So most of the time I deal with the collateral damage of uh, all the social media, all the technology, and I know there's much good about it. So how do you think, how do you think our reliance, our almost complete reliance on uh, technology has perhaps disconnected us a bit, and how can we use it perhaps to connect?
1: Yeah. It's funny that you, you say that because there was a time where I would, and this might sound a little funny um, to, to people out there, but there was a time before there was GPS or or like if my GPS wouldn't work or I wouldn't have a signal in a certain space, I would actually call it my psychic GPS, my spiritual GPS, because I'm very plugged into my spirit team all the time. And I would. Like kind of connect with them and say, should I make the left up here or the right up here? What should I do? I'm kind of lost. I don't know where this place is. And so I would listen to my spirit guides of my spirit team, and I'm telling you, it would get me there. I would, I would, I would not be lost within a, a few minutes. And the other thing that that I think of too is that when we connect them with our spirit guides, and when we can connect them with people in in spirit, it is possible to not necessarily know everything but you get access to information especially in a trance type state which i don't know if we want to get into that or not but when you're in a trance type state we could. and you're access a different level of consciousness you can bring through energy kind of similar to google
0: <laughs> okay well tell us about the trance state could you tell us a little bit more about the the spirit guides and yeah. could you tell us a little bit more about angels and about what your thoughts are about over-reliance on technology, Santina.
1: Sure. So I, I think that for me, the the spirit guides and the angels, which to me can be interchangeable, angels and spirit guides can be one and the same. Um, they, When you start to form a connection and understand that um you have people in spirit. First off, you're probably gonna have family members, loved ones, people who are invested in you in life. They're gonna be around you, they're gonna still care, they're gonna have a vested interest in how your life is going. I also know that there are angels that protect us and there are guides who are assigned to us from the minute that we decide we're gonna come down to this earth school and give it our best go. And they really are on our side and they want us to succeed. So they're there for us as a resource. So when you learn to kind of open up your intuition and you learn to connect into your spirit guides, um, you can start to hear them, what you call clear clairaudiently. So you can start to hear them in your thought process or even as voices. For me, I mostly hear my spirit guides in the same manner. I call it your reading voice. So like if you're reading a book to yourself, that voice that you hear in your mind as you read your book, that's how my guides come forward to me and at the very beginning of me learning to work with them it was very very hard for me to start to discern what is m- me thinking my thoughts and what is is my are my spirit guides giving me advice and helpful hints And so the mechanism that I just came up with for myself was I told my guides when it's you I need you to ring like I actually made them ring a service bell <laughs> and I said, can you ring a bell? so that I know that this is not coming from my mind, and that I know that this is a spirit guide kind of a thing. And and it became it was good at first, but then it became quite annoying. And then I got to the point where I could feel the difference, you know, as an empath, I can feel the difference when I'm getting something that's coming from a divine source, as opposed to what I'll just say, like the monkey mind, like my own mind and my own thought process. So that to me and I've worked with people to help them learn who their guides are and connect with their guides. And they have had really, really wonderful earth-shattering, like beautiful experiences where, like we mentioned before, it's helped them to kind of conquer fears. It's helped them to evolve and, and do things in, in ways that they, you know, used to think was impossible. So it's a powerful thing um, to, to go down that that path to learn who your spirit guides are to connect them with your angels, to ask for angelic support. We talked on a previous podcast about the fact that angels won't interfere with free will. Yes. You very much have to ask for um, assistance from them. But the minute that you ask, it's, it's not even a minute. It's like a nanosecond. Boom. You're getting help. So that's how I view the angels. And to me, the, the when you're bringing up technology Technology is, is an interesting um, tool because it has both, you know, just like everything in this world, it's got duality, it's got positivity because it, you know, you and I can connect through it and we're having a wonderful time, you know, talking about spirituality and stuff, but it also has this illusionary aspect with it where, where it's like a false connection. And to me, that's what a lot of social media platforms provide. Um, You know, when you're not interacting with somebody in real time and, and, you know, having like an actual uh, moment together, it gives you this perception of like, I know this person, it's almost kind of like TV, you know, uh, if you think about it, if you think about TV, whenever it first came out, there were these movie stars, and you felt like you knew these movie stars. And then if you met them out in the street, you realize they don't know you, they don't have the context <laughs> for who you are. And And so it's, it's illusionary in that sense. And that's why I feel like you've got to be careful with social media and thinking that it's a real connection and that, and to me, I think mentally it's hard. And you probably see this a lot with your practice because there's a lot of external monitoring and there's a lot of comparing yourself to others. And that's not really what we're we're here on this planet to do. If you, if you look at others and you want to emulate them, that's one thing but when you look at others and it makes you feel lesser than you know than than you should about yourself then it's it's a toxic kind of connection so as i was saying earlier it's really up to us to decide how is this making me feel and when you're interacting with social media pay attention do you feel rejuvenated and recharged after you've done that or do you feel completely exhausted and drained you know because everything has its good and bad you might feel completely charged up after You know, you did two hours of scrolling through Facebook or whatever it is, but everybody's different, you know?
0: Well, we often talk to people, Santina, about the world is neither Mm -hmm. fair or unfair. It merely is. And Mm -hmm. that the only thing that we can control is our reaction to people, places, and things. And if we could get an assist on that from the spirit world, that would be dandy. Uh, for most people, the angels are viewed as divine beings, okay? And mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure, uh, perhaps you could differentiate or combine them, the difference between, or if there is one, between an angel which is viewed in the bible leash type of things as a divine mm-hmm. being uh, versus a spirit guide Uh, when I think of spirit guide, Santina, I think of Native Americans. Mm -hmm.
1: A lot of people do, but that doesn't mean that every person has, you know, a Native American spirit guide to me. And this gets like a little bit down the rabbit hole with things. But if you believe in reincarnation, um, then there's very much a possibility that, and I've seen this. Um, I, I do feel that we potentially have, it depends. Some of us have come and been in the world many times some of us this might be our first go around but i do feel like sometimes spirit guides can be uh people who we knew souls that we connected with from from past lifetimes and sometimes that's where the native americans will pop through because potentially we have something that resonates with us something where we felt connected to it or we feel a familiarity with it because potentially we lived in that as a past lifetime
0: Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Media.